Hey guys, welcome to the He Said, She Said podcast with Josh and Danielle, where we talk about our marriage, family, and the everyday stuff that we all face. We don't always agree on everything, and we certainly don't have it all figured out, but we know that God does. We're so glad you're here. Hey guys, good to be back with you once again this week. Let me ask you a question right off the bat this morning. Do you know anyone who over-prepares for things? Why are we discussing this? Because I know someone who over-prepares for things. I'm feeling a little attacked. I am not. I'm, I didn't name any names. <laughs> I just th- asked a question. I know exactly what you're referring to. I don't. What do you What do you mean? You are saying that I over-prepare for things. I did not say that. You're putting words in my mouth now. <laughs> okay. Whatever. I just asked a simple question. Do you know? It, it might be the lead into our discussion for the week. Hmm. I do know people that over prepare for things. Yeah. Do you ever feel like, Danielle, that maybe you over prepare for I things? I 100% over prepare. Oh, for things okay. Because I'd rather be safe <laughs> than sorry. Okay. Okay. I want to make sure that all my ducks are in a row. Gotcha. I don't know if the word over-prepare is accurate. I think the word is actually prepare. Um, I, no. Like, it, yeah. Certainly you do Pretty prepare. Sure. But I think there are I, I think there are certain people that just over-prepare for things. Moving on. <laughs> Did you notice at the beginning of this podcast how Josh didn't say episode? Because he doesn't know what episode we're on. I've already lost count. I think this is episode six, five. You can easily look it up. On I- <laughs> <laughs> but you started, you started this episode. I wasn't going to say it. I was, I was deferring to your. Without looking it up. I know that you hence, don't like me to do that. So therefore I was just not going to do what it. What I'm saying, actually prepared. I, I am prepared. <laughs> You're not. I have, I, All you had to do was open that app. I didn't want to say that. I wanted to open with something different today. <laughs> no. That's Just talking about literally every other episode that we have had so far, you started with announcing what episode we're on <laughs> until you said right before we began, what episode is this? I don't even know what episode this is. And then you started Without actually looking up what episode that we are on. I feel so like- So when I say actually prepared and you say over prepared, I think that this is just really two different definitions. Of preparation? Of preparation. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, you are notorious for last minute. No, that's not true. Things. One. I do. I do. Absolutely. I do. Listen, people. Our whole lives, he has been this way. I'm not even joking. What do you mean this In, way? What's that supposed to mean? Like pre- not preparing, either not preparing or preparing at the very last No, second. that's not true. Let's talk about your exegesis for one second. <laughs> you had an entire semester to do this project. When did you start? I... I when did you start? I got it done. But when did you start? I started, I think, like the Friday before it was due. The On Monday. week before it was due. I started the week before it was due. No. You started two days. No. It was due on Monday. You started Friday. It was due on a different week. So technically, I started the week before it was due. <laughs> this is what I live with, everyone. This man. So Anyways. when he says, I am overprepared, what he's actually saying is, oh, you adequately prepared. <laughs> no, that's yeah, not true. That's it's exactly the same thing like, oh, like, like packing, like when we go on a trip, oftentimes we have, you, you have uh, <laughs> far more than plentiful amounts of clothing that you'll need for that <laughs> said trip, as well as shoes and Whatever else accessories you might need. I have learned to pare down, and I have gotten better over the years. Think about our trip to Las Vegas. Yeah, you have gotten better. I'll, I have I'll give you that. So much better, and I've learned that less is more. But I've also learned 
hey, we can just go to Walmart and buy it if we forget it. Yeah, that's so, that's true. Instead of over-preparing, <laughs> I just remember, hey, Walmart exists. Okay, so we had a little incident at home <gasps> this past weekend. Uh. <laughs> and Danielle was prepared for that incident. I did. I don't know that. Um, I don't know that you can be prepared well, for that incident. Right, right. Do you want to tell him? Oh, yeah, I'll tell okay, him. Okay, go ahead. So our son came downstairs, and he was had this weird look on his face. And he said, Mom, I hear water dripping or water in um, the laundry room. Which I'm is like, never a good thing when you're not doing laundry. Uh, okay. And... So I go upstairs. He said it sounds like it's in the wall. It sounds like it's in the wall. So I go upstairs. I didn't hear anything. So Josh goes upstairs, and um, I go back downstairs. I come up. Josh has this pole. He's ba- he's banging <laughs> no, it. Ba- banging he's banging is a little bit of the, a the pole against the wall. That is a little bit of a stretch. I wasn't banging <laughs> the pole against the wall. And I was like, "What are you doing?" And you said. Um, I think there's an animal in there. I heard something, and I'm not entirely sure what you were trying to do. I was with the I was pole. trying to to just see if it was still there. So you don't know this because I didn't actually tell you this part of this. But before you ever actually even came upstairs, it sounded like it was in the dryer vent, and so I thought, well, maybe something has just gotten stuck in there. So if I turn the dryer on, like just for a quick second. <laughs> Maybe the air pushing out the back of the dryer will force it back up and out of the vent. I didn't tell you that part, but I actually this tried that. This is what went through your so, brain. Why is that? Why is that such a crazy I suggestion? Don't know, but I am crying because there's air that forces back out of that vent and put. So I thought maybe it's like just stuck down there and it just needs a little bit of assistance to get back up and outside. Okay. So I turned on the dryer and then the sound went away for okay. quite some time. And then you came upstairs. Well, you were tapping on the wall. I'm not sure what the tapping well, was about. Yeah, but you so I was trying to see because the sound had gone away. Oh, you were trying so to So I was I was tapping, not banging still. on the wall <laughs> to see if it was still in there. And okay. the sound was gone. So then okay. I was like, Awesome, I fixed it. <laughs> and I don't I didn't even need to do anything. Okay. Besides so turn I, the dryer on. I come back upstairs. And, um, yeah, I come back upstairs and I'm like, oh, wait, I hear something. And it is not quiet. It is loud. And all at, all at once I knew we have got a bird. It sounded like it was in our laundry room, like in our laundry room. Just well, that's like because it was. Flying around. You're right. Because it was in that little, like, the aluminum, The aluminum vent that, that comes from the, the, yeah, the aluminum tube that comes from your dryer and attaches to, to the, the wall, to yeah. the vent thing in the wall. It was in that tube. So it was legitimately So what in I was doing with room. that pole, Danielle, was I was I was <laughs> tapping on that tube just to see if I could get it to you were, move. When I came upstairs, you were tapping on the wall. I don't remember ever <laughs> tapping on the wall. You were. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I was trying to figure out what genius moves you were making here. <laughs> right. Continue. And anyways, I knew it was a bird. I could hear it. I could hear it like chirping and its wings fluttering, fluttering around. Love that. Um, Brian Regan reference. Anyways, um, I could hear the wings of the bird fluttering, fluttering around, and I called you upstairs, and I'm like, it is still here, and it is like right here. And so I'm looking at the little like aluminum metal tube thing, and um, I can see that it's actually moving around because it is in the tube, and it was freaking me out. It was in that tube, yes. Yeah, and yeah. and so you could we, see the tube moving. So here we are, two of us standing in the laundry room like, okay, now what do we do? I'm like, do we call someone, pest control, somebody some to get this thing out? And I was like, no, nah, we should be able to get it out ourselves. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I saw it on TV. Well, like, Danielle, yeah, okay. <laughs> I saw it on so TV. she channels her inner Dwight Schrute and <laughs> goes and grabs a trash bag from downstairs. Well, you know, there was a bat in the office. So she goes and, and grabs a, trash, a bag. trash bag. So I went and got the trash bag. And she brings it back upstairs. And I said, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> like, I, the only thing that I no. could imagine us doing with that, Danielle, was that we would pull the dryer out and then somehow, like, position the bag so where when we pulled the vent off, the bird would fly. Was that your that plan? That was my plan. 
That was my plan. But then I thought, <laughs> okay. hey, that's a dumb plan. You know what? I'm glad you, you We have big, that. giant windows in our laundry room, and if we open those windows and open the screens, probably that thing will fly out. We were hoping, anyways, that it would fly out. So then the bag became plan B. So I held the bag. The bag was like plan F in my mind. No. Like I thought, what were you going to do when the bird flew out what if it mean? didn't go out the window? I wasn't going to use it. What was I going to do with the bag? I don't know. Try to, I don't so know. So what I was going to do was grab a broom, which looking back we didn't have in the room with us but uh, i was going yeah. to talk grab about a broom being and... adequately prepared you were going to grab a broom was grab that a was broom. not in the room or a stick or something i mean there was no the, stick. the ironing board i don't know <laughs> something and coax board. it move it somehow forcibly <laughs> out of the window i didn't want to injure the bird i just wanted to get it out of so the house your imaginary broom that you were going to grab that was i not mean there was the other room. stuff in there there's ironing boards there's coat hangers there's the the um shark vacuum th- or whatever that thing is dyson the dyson yeah vacuum stick thing okay anyway so what happens is we open the windows and i stand way back by the door and i'm like i'm so glad i'm not a man in this scenario because my my rescuer, my dear, my dear husband is the one whose Courageous, responsibility. <laughs> brave. <laughs> strapping. Go ahead. Use all those adjectives that were going through you your mind at the time. Use them. I don't need to. So he is standing. Over it's better if you say it, though. Brave and courageous and strapping. Gaston like handsome, handsome okay. man. My prince goes and leans over to the vent and i'm like i don't even know what's about to happen we closed the door to the laundry room so it can't fly into the house and we opened both giant windows that are in the laundry room and um i will say that was your idea and it was a good one it was it a good was idea brilliant because hello okay com- sorry. it sense. was a brilliant idea it wasn't just good sense so then the bird he 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 like <laughs> he Pulls back the vent. He jumps back as far as I wasn't as about he can. to get like attacked by that bird. <laughs> it comes crazy, like it doesn't know what's going on. It comes crazy, like fluttering out, and it looks like it flies out the window. But from where I'm standing, it looks like it flies back in the window and no, it's well, like that, struggling that, to get out of the window. So it I'm flew like, up and it close. hit the ceiling first, and oh. then it. I don't remember that part. And then I'm like, close the window. He's going to keep coming back in here. And you said, Danielle, that was not the same bird. That that was the second bird. And came back in. That was a second bird that was in the vent. Now, I don't know how accurate that is because I believe your eyes were closed. Are you kidding me? You you think (laughs) I'm lying about that? You were right by the window, and I'm pretty sure you were freaked out. Okay, I was freaked out. I'll be honest with you. I saw the bird go out, and I'm almost 100% sure that I saw it come back in. Why would the bird come back in? I don't know. He was like, he was um, like disoriented. I watched the second bird fly out of the vent. Because listen, and flew out. No, no, no. Here's here's what happened. So I started to make my way back over to the dryer to kind of begin to reposition things in our laundry room because at this point there's stuff everywhere yes, in our laundry it's room. It's chaos. And you know, you're you're screaming and I'm trying to calm you down and you know, I'm giving you a hug and that you're is almost not in happening. Tears. You are lying through your teeth. <laughs> so you're screaming and I'm screaming and we're both like running around in the laundry room just, you know, going crazy. But at this point I think we've we've succeeded. Yeah. Like we're done. We conquered but I want- these birds that were in our laundry room. So I go back over to the dryer and I start to lean back over it to, you know, begin cleaning up and putting everything back in position. And that's when the second bird flew out. Of yeah. The but this happens within a matter of seconds. Oh, it was seconds. Yes, it was it wasn't- seconds. It wasn't a long time because it legitimately to me looked like the bird flew out. It flew back in. It couldn't get out. And then finally it made its way back out. And I'm like, close the windows. Yeah. Like, we don't want that bird coming back in here. But it was seconds, literally. Yeah, and then I went out because, so our our dryer vents out to the outside on the second story of our our house. Yeah, our laundry room's upstairs. So I went out to the dryer vent just to see if, like, you know, the, the, the cover was still on there, how in the world these birds got in. And in doing that, this, okay, this was dumb. I... I, (laughs) I will admit, I recognize, but I, I didn't have any shoes on. And so I step out onto the, the roof and I walk around to the dryer vent and there's a gutter that's hanging down right beside the dryer vent. And I kicked the gutter and like ripped my toenail off. Did you know that? 
you never told me this. Yeah, I ripped my toenail off. Are you okay? I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm alive. I my, remember my you came hurts. and you were like, "Do we have toenail clippers anywhere?" But I had no idea <laughs> it was in relation to the bird incident. Yes, I no, mean the bird toenail incident. clippers and the bird incident. Two different things in my mind. Like I didn't even know they were connected. Anyways, so I'm walking around with, you know, like half my toenail ripped off. I'm so sorry. That's probably TMI, but. It was just an interesting. Well, you are thing brave and courageous. Thank you. Maybe if you had you forgot strapping and handsome. Strapping and handsome, but okay. maybe if you had adequately prepared and put some shoes on. Okay, listen. <laughs> In the moment, there was no reason to put shoes on. All I was doing was walking You're, on the roof. You were gonna put your imaginary shoes on and take your imaginary room out there. <laughs> okay, you know what? Why don't we just move on? Yeah, I love this. <laughs> this is awesome. Also. Disney. I know. Why? Because I just have to say Okay, the let me say this about our <laughs> previous episode. We talked we we did the bonus episode. I hope you guys got a chance to listen. If you didn't go back and listen, it was fun. But we we named our top 5. And I got a text this morning um which you know, it's a a week later from a friend Ryan who told me that he was revoking my Disney cred because I included Wreck-It Ralph in my top 5. And I would agree with him. That's ridiculous. And your mom even said, what is he thinking? What? I don't understand. It's it, that's such a, a great movie. Great. Great. Nah. I think that terminology can be applied. You to... know, I think you've lost your Disney cred there and that you called pixie dust fairy dust. Okay. I think those Listen, two things mean that's, you can't even go with us. I now. did not watch Cinderella, whatever princess movies growing up. That is so Tinkerbell. I, I know it's Tinkerbell. But I still what, like what movie is Tinkerbell on? Peter Josh? Pan. Oh, I about that. Which apparently just got. Don't. Okay. We're not going. Anyways, there. um, <laughs> we're not doing. This is not that kind of podcast, people. So, anyways, where where were we going with that? Oh yes, Ryan texting me and telling me he was revoking my Disney cred because mm -hmm. I included Wreck It Ralph. Right. It's a good movie. I guys. don't know how you're adequately leading our family. What are you trying to make a transition into what we're talking about today? I am. That's yes, a poor. That was poor. Anyways, before we we do transition, how many days, babe? Uh, Fifteen. Fourteen. Fourteen. It's Thursday. Yes, fourteen. Fourteen days. Two weeks from today, we are gone. I can't even wait. And I said to him, "We are doing a Disney bonus episode." sometime i don't know should we do it before we leave no or no we do we'll do back? it when we get back like recap our visit yeah. talk about our favorite things. i don't know that that people are really gonna care about that but hey, maybe you know what people stand around talking about their vacations all the time we're just talking to our friends i guess they're gonna care okay we're gonna have fun and we're gonna let them know what the best stuff to do is and what the best stuff to eat is. the one thing that i'm i, I listen we love disney but there's one thing i'm not looking forward to this time what is it? Wearing the masks all day. Ugh. But we have made it a little bit fun. You know, we've tried to get like some fun masks and things like that. And we and also, so. our friends told us that have gone, said that if you get the fans that go around the neck, they like blow air up in your um, face and they make the mask thing more doable. Pro tip. We'll see if pro that actually tip. works. I'm saying maybe we should do one before we go and give our pro tips, but maybe we should wait till we come back yeah, and we yeah. have more experience. Right. Okay. All right. I think that that's everything we wanted to talk about. Well, I mean, we have to do that. I think that's everything I wanted to talk about. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean for the intro. Okay, so last week we started this discussion on the expectations of the husband. And we did part one last week. We'll finish it up with part two this week. But let me preface this by saying that the expectations that we mentioned over these past two weeks or last week and this week, um, that's not like an all-inclusive list. But certainly there's more responsibility that a husband has in marriage than just these things that we've mentioned. Absolutely. So, you know, don't take these two episodes and be like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything great. This uh, isn't the end-all, be-all list. Right, yes. Yeah. Um, but these are important things, things we wanted to highlight. Yeah, yeah. So last week we talked about loving your wife and how do you properly love your wife? If you didn't listen, I don't want to review it all. Go back and listen. You can listen to episode five, 
I believe it was episode four. Episode four. You can listen to episode <laughs> four. There's that preparation thing. Danielle is is uh, looking this up as we speak. I think you're right. I think it's episode four. I think the the fifth episode was the bonus episode. That's so correct. this is actually episode five. Is that right? That's right. Okay. So anyways, in episode four, we talked about loving your spouse appropriately or loving your wife, guys, specifically appropriately. So go back and listen to that. If you didn't have a chance to listen to it, maybe hit the pause button here, take a take a few minutes and go back and check that one out and then come back to this. But today we want to talk about leading your your wife because, I mean, this is a big, big deal that the, the Bible makes a big deal about this. And so... I want to start in Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians 5, verse number 23, um, the, the Bible says this, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. And so there's there's a certain usage of that word there, that, that the husband is the head of the wife, that connotes this idea of, privilege and responsibility um, that comes along with that. And so what I want to talk about, or what we want to talk about, at least here in the beginning, is um, this idea of, of headship of the husband. So um, when you think about when you think about headship, we're not talking about the fact that, you know, the, the, the lady or the, the wife is less important in any way than the husband. We're just talking about a position that, that God has given the man in, in the marriage relationship. Right, yeah. You think about um, the Trinity and how the Trinity is three parts, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and all three are equally important. One is not more important than the other, and that's kind of like— um, how marriage is, you know, in marriage, you have the husband, you have the wife. And even though they have different roles and responsibilities, they're both equally important. Yeah. So, so obviously there are different roles and responsibilities that the husband, as, as you mentioned just a minute ago, that the husband and wife play in marriage. So let, let me go to first Corinthians chapter 11 and just read a, a couple of uh, verses to you. Starting in verse one, it says this. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances as I deliver them to you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. Now, that statement right there, we must understand before we move forward. Because for me to prop as a man, for me to properly understand and and uh, live out the role that God has given me as the leader of my home and as the head of my home, I've got to understand that my head is Christ. Because if I'm not submitting my, and we talked about this several episodes ago, but if I'm not submitting myself first and foremost to my head, Jesus Christ, then there's no possible way that I'm going to be able to lead my family appropriately. And so the head of every man is Christ, the Bible says, and the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ, this is interesting, the head of Christ is God. And so there's, there's headship on every level here. You have Christ being the head of man. You have man being the head of woman. You have, uh, you have God being the head of Christ. And so when you think about headship, it's important for us to start at that foundation, that uh, the man, the, the male and the, the relationship of the, the marriage his head has to be Jesus Christ. He's got to be submitting himself to Christ. But I want you to see the, the priority that God gives to, um, n- not in order of importance necessarily, but the priority that God gives to man. So look at verse number eight. Um, well, let's start in verse number seven of the same chapter. For a man indeed ought not to uh, cover his head for as much as he is the image and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of man. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of angels. Okay, so really what I want to focus on is verses 8 and 9 there, where man was created, and then God used Adam's rib to create the woman. And so there's there's just in in that um, the, the symbolism or the the represent the, the representation there is that God God has placed man as the head of, of woman. Again, as Danielle said a few minutes ago, um, this has nothing to do with how important the, the, the woman is to God. 
This isn't this isn't telling us that she is a lesser created being. Right. Back in Genesis, Genesis go ahead, Daniel. One verse twenty seven says, "So God created man in His own image, and the image of God created He him. Male and female created He them." Yeah. So so what does that verse mean? That that verse is basically telling us that God God created us equal, that that we're equal beings, and so I'm not more important than Danielle is to God. And you, uh, husband, are not more important than, than your wife is to God, and vice versa. Danielle's not more important to God than, than I am. And in fact, nobody, nobody is more important than anybody else to God. Right, regardless of status or station. In God, we're all the same. Right. Male or female, we're all the same. Yeah, and so Adam even recognized this. You know, immediately after Eve was was created and taken out of his out of his body, he says in verse twenty three of Genesis chapter two, "This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman because she was taken out of man." And so Adam recognizes that she's not she's she's not less important than he is. I think where we get this mixed up in our culture today is that when when we think about when we think about a person who has headship or position or, or, or some type of position, that there's benefits that come along with that. So, for example, think about a person who um, is a frequent flyer. You know, they, they've got a position with whatever airlines they fly with, whether it's United or Delta or American or whatever it is. But they've got a position of frequent flyer with that airline. And so what comes along with that position? Well, they're first to board. They get upgraded to first class. They get free flights because they spend so much money with them. And so there's a position that they've attained because of money that they've spent, and then they get treated differently. And I think it's important for us to stay, uh, for us to understand that that's not the way that God views marriage. That's not the way that God views my position as the head of my home. It's not that I get advantages or I get special benefits because I am the man. Certainly there's privilege that comes along with that, but there's also great, great responsibility. Yeah, I think about um, this also in regards to the church. You know, how we all have different gifts and we're all part of the body. And you know what? Some um, men are called to be pastors and some you know, men are, are called to be deacons and some men are part of the welcome team and some women work in the nursery and some women, um, you know, help with the children or do children's church. And, and I think about all the different roles and responsibilities of the church as well. And, I, and it's the same. It's the same. Yeah, it's really a great parallel. And it's interesting that you brought that point up because all of those things that you mentioned, and by the way, Every position of ministry in the church is servanthood. Right. It's all servanthood. It's all servant leadership. So as a pastor, if I ever get to the point where I feel like I'm better than or I'm over someone else in my church, man, I'm in a dangerous spot. Right. Large and in charge. Yeah. And, and, and dictating to people. Exactly. What what should happen. Yes. And and at that point, that particular ministry is in a very, very dangerous spot. And by the way, the same thing is true in our marriage. Mm. So if I come to the place in my marriage where I feel like, oh, I'm large and in charge, I'm going to tell you what you have to do as my wife, that is, not, that, that is not what God means when he says the husband is the head of the wife. Okay, do I lead my family? Yes. Do we mutually together come together to make decisions and help each other to make wise decisions? Yes. Am I the one ultimately that's responsible that God is going to look at and hold responsible for the decisions that is that are made in my family? Yes. And so here's what I see when I think about leading this aspect of the husband's responsibility. I see it as a position of privilege, but with great privilege comes great responsibility. And so not only is it a position of privilege, but it's a position of great, great responsibility. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 says for that, that husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And so how did Christ love the church? Well, he was a servant. Right. I think of Christ, you know, as a servant leader. Christ didn't, you know, point to people and say, go do this or go do that. He said, come follow me. He said in the Gospels many, many times over and over and over, 
come follow me, come follow me, come follow me, because he wasn't a dictator. He was a servant leader, and he wasn't planning to require of his followers anything that he wasn't willing to first do. Yeah, and, and so the way that I see this is, you, you know, there's several different kinds of, or types of leadership. Um, you know, there's a, there's a pointed leadership where somebody tells you, gives you a position and says, hey, you, you are now the leader of this. Maybe it's a, a management position in your job or whatever it is. There's appointed leadership. And so you have a certain uh, respectability, maybe just because you've been appointed that position of leadership. But that's, that's not a great type of leadership. I mean, it doesn't mean that you're a great leader just because you've been appointed to to a position of leadership. There's personality leadership where people follow you because you have such a great personality and people are just drawn to you naturally. But the best type of leadership is servant leadership. That's the biblical type of leadership. When we see in scripture, uh, when we see Jesus leading, that's what he's doing. So think about, you know, just hours before he's going to the cross. What do we see Jesus doing? In John chapter 13, we see him washing the disciples' feet, Mm. right? I mean, what a display of servant leadership and humility. And that is, that's the idea of leading in our marriages. Right. Philippians 2, 8 says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He was sacrificing. He was serving. Um, And you're right. He was he was putting himself in the place of just a common a common servant when he washed the disciples' feet. Um, what what a humbling experience for him. Yeah, for him and them both. Absolutely. You know, you've got you've got the God of the world that is washing washing your feet. Right. Um, you he displays went, great humility there. Right. And, and I think that's the point. Like, you know, as a as a father, as a husband humility is key in the whole thing you know not not putting yourself over your wife and telling her what to do and telling you know commanding her and telling her woman you know you need to be in the kitchen we've seen that I mean today we were you know watching some um, examples of that you know men that that just put their foot down and say this is the woman's place and woman I am in charge and woman you belong there and I belong here and you do what what I say and that is not a spirit that we see displayed in Christ ever right right Christ was humble yeah and I think I, I think it's important for us to point out at this time highlight once again Ephesians 5 25 husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church so if I'm going to le- love and lead properly, I've got to love my life, love my wife as Christ loved the church. How did he love the church? We're going to talk about t- imitating that in just a minute. But before we get to that, I want to come back to that Philippians 2 passage that you read, Danielle. So verses 5 through 8 of Philippians 2, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So this is a calling for all of us. Like this is this part isn't just a calling for husbands. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation. I think it's interesting here, Danielle, that we get this picture of the Trinity where God, the father and, and, and Jesus here, Jesus sacrifices himself like he willingly sets. He, he, he willingly comes to the earth. He becomes man, takes on human flesh, takes on all that that means, and he leaves his his position in heaven. He didn't leave. Let me let me be clear here. He didn't leave his uh, deity. When Jesus came to the earth, he was one hundred percent God, yet one hundred percent man, and so um, he didn't leave his deity in heaven, but he left his position in heaven. And so, what we see all throughout Scripture when we look at the Trinity is a position is is. Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit never vying for headship, never right. fighting with one another to see who's going to be in control. Mm-hmm. It's never that. It's always this selfless sacrifice. And so when we see Jesus here and we see the example that 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 he gives us that we are supposed to have as men that we're supposed to have for our wives, the love and the leadership we're supposed to have for our lives, it's servant leadership. It's me sacrificing for her. And so being found in fashion as a man in verse eight, he humbled himself and he became obedient unto death. Like I've been called. Why did Jesus die? He died for mankind, right? He died for the church. 
And so I've been called to love my wife as Christ loved the church. It ought to, it ought to be a love that pushes me to be willing to, to sacrifice even my life for her. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's a, it's a huge, huge responsibility that God has given us. But I find this interesting. In verse 9, the Bible says this. So Jesus willingly submits to God, right? In, in this, this aspect of the Trinity. Jesus willingly submits to God. Absolutely. And then what does God do? God puts glory upon him. So look at verse 9. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him. Why? That's what that's that's what that wherefore uh, is, is saying. So because of all these things that Jesus did, humbling himself, becoming obedient unto death, becoming a servant, giving up uh, all of his privileges of heaven, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. And so, you know, it's just, it's, it's interesting to me that as we view the Trinity, there's never this battle for, for, uh, you know, control or dominance. It's always mutual submission. Right. And I think that that's just something that we need to remember. I mean, as, as we relate to one another, just every single day, it's hard. It's hard to remember that. And you know what? As a woman, it's hard to accept your role. We'll talk about that. Um, in in future podcasts but you know it's hard to to feel like uh you know i have to submit or um my husband is my head and you know the head of our family and he makes the final decision it, it's it's it goes against your nature it absolutely does and so here's the key husbands let me talk to you for a minute specifically here's our key if like our job is to make that easy for our wife She's been called to that. That's her calling, right? She's, she, she understands that. That's what it says in Ephesians chapter five. She's been called to that. But when I don't love and sacrifice and treat my wife as God would have me treat her, then that makes her calling very difficult and nearly impossible. Right. Because I'm not leading her appropriately. It's still my responsibility to do that, yes. obviously. Yes. Um, regardless of how you're acting or what, you know, you know, barring abuse and, you know, things sure, like that. But sure. um, it's still my responsibility to follow you even when it's difficult. But, man, what a sweet relationship we can have. What a, a blessed marriage we can have if the husband accepts the responsibility of leadership in the home and does it with humility and does it in love and does it with a spirit of service um, and, you know, allows the woman, it allows, it allows her to, to trust him. And to know that he's going to care for her if if she will willingly submit and, you know, take her role and allow him to lead, um, she can trust that he's going to do it well. And she's not going to and he is not going to, you know, berate her, take advantage of her. Yeah. And I think that is the key that that what you just said right there is the key. Like if if she can trust me, if your wife can trust you guys to take to take care of her to love her selflessly, to love her sacrificially. Uh, if she can trust you to do those things, it makes that job of submission so much easier. And we have a responsibility, guys, to, to do that for our wives. Because after all, she is my sister in Christ, and I should be provoking her to good works. That's, that's, we are to provoke one another to good works. And so I should be provoking her to good works. If I'm not leading her and loving her appropriately, then I'm not doing that. I'm not doing what I've been called to do. Okay, so it's a position of privilege. It's a position of great responsibility. I ought to sacrifice for her like Christ sacrificed for the church. I ought to serve her as we see pictured in the Trinity and as Jesus did in Philippians chapter 2. I ought to know her. We talked about this a little bit last week, but are you open there to that I verse? I am. It says, likewise, excuse me, sorry, in First Peter 3, 7, it says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Okay, so we spent a, a good bit of time last week covering at least the latter part of that verse. Sure. So again, if you missed that episode, go back and check it out. But let's let's focus just for a minute here on the the front part of that verse, knowing her. Why are you looking at me like that? Because I quote this verse to you all yes. the time. You do. Like, 
I'm acting like the Holy Spirit. I say, you're supposed to dwell with me according to knowledge. Yes. What is wrong with you? That is 100% accurate. <laughs> I have heard this verse far more times from you but than I have in sermons. Do you know what that means, though? Do you know what I'm saying when I'm saying that? Sure, yeah. What am I saying? You're saying that I... You're putting me on the spot. I here. am. I'm putting you on the spot. He didn't know. Because then you're going to be like, "That's not actually that's what not I'm saying." What I'm um, you're you're saying that I ought to I ought to know your your desires, and I'm really on the. I feel like I'm really on the spot here, but I ought to know your <laughs> desires. I ought to know what what you need. I ought to know what you want. I ought to be able to meet those things. If I don't know you in that way, then I can't meet you know, the, the things that fulfill you out and know your, what, what makes you feel loved out and know what makes you feel served. And then beyond what knowing those things, me. I ought to do those things. What'd right. you say? Yeah. Like you ought to know what I like, what I don't like, what affirms me, what bugs me. Right. Like I do what, know that. what I would want I'm good for at that. Mother's Day or my birthday or Christmas. This reminds me of something that happened. Okay. But let's say this, it very, it is very important okay. for for ladies, <laughs> for you to communicate to your husbands what you like and what you want for your birthday and maybe for that's true. But I think at some point, like when you've been married for fifteen years, he should at least have some idea by then of what you might. Yeah, but still, like. communication needs to take place. Okay, so this is what happens <laughs> on Mother's Day or on Christmas. I understand he needs a little bit of help. I say, you should dwell with me according to knowledge. He's like, what do you want for Mother's Day? You should know. You should dwell with me according to knowledge. What do you want to eat for lunch on Mother's Day? You know what I like to eat. You should dwell with me according to knowledge. Yes, I, I am clairvoyant. this all the time. You don't have to be clairvoyant <laughs> to know that we basically have the same taste in food and that if you'll like it, I'll probably like it, and I just don't want to choose. I want you to plan it. But even when I do give you like the giantest hints, it doesn't work. That is not true. Yeah. You sent me text messages and you got exactly what you wanted. For yeah. Christmas. Those aren't giant hints. I specifically, <laughs> I have dropped giant hints in the past. Babe, I really, babe, I've said it several times. And then Christmas comes and goes and I'm like, yeah, he really didn't pick up on that. You and my mom are exactly the same in that regard. We were at the Disney store and there was this really cute like animators backpack it was really nice and like a leather looking one and i said mom i really love this mom this is amazing mom i really 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 love this and it was almost christmas time and she was like uh-huh yeah and i was like at christmas time i specifically i said you know what she's not going to remember that and you know what he's not going to know that i've asked him a hundred times for this particular necklace well, see that's what i mean just send me the text and so I'll, what did I'll i do it. this year i sent him I like surprises, you guys. So this kind of hurts my soul to be, have to be like, get me this for Christmas. I But you didn't know that I was going to get it for you. Like, you sent me four different things. I sent you two things. No, you sent me dressers. You sent me uh, um, the necklace. You sent me shoes. No shoes. Well, you told me shoes, and I no, got Amber you the shoes. Amber told you shoes. No, you told me <laughs> shoes, and I got you the shoes. I got the necklace, and I got the shoes because he was specifically told but i think there is some responsibility that you have to dwell with me according to knowledge to know these things to know see this is one of those thing. like if you listened to the beginning of the podcast like the intro <laughs> where it talks about we don't always agree on everything this is an area where we are going to just have to agree to disagree because i i disagree but with doesn't you on this. this fall under dwell with her according to knowledge i think it does in a sense but I think still that you communicating to me exactly what you want rather than just a pair of shoes or a necklace or whatever it might be. Because then I'm completely in the dark as to, well, does she just want like a gold necklace? Does she want a necklace with, you know, whatever kind of frou-frou chains or whatever <laughs> those things are called that hang down? Um, you know, what does she want? So I can see that. You want, you want a little bit more guidance on specifics. Yes, but sometimes we just want to be surprised. And I get that's that. that's where dwell with her according to knowledge comes in. Yeah, I, to, to an extent. I think we have to agree that both of us have a solid point here. Crickets. 
You said, you just a second ago said, yeah, I mean, I would kind of agree with that. And now you're being like, no, I don't agree with no, that. No, no, no. I'm just saying, I think dwell with her according to knowledge goes much deeper than, than knowing. Yeah, you know, we're what, joking what about it right now. You should get your spouse. We're joking about it now. But you know what? You're right. It goes much, much deeper than that. It, it, it goes to, um, like what we were talking about, how she feels loved, how you can fill up her love bucket, or how you can make her feel appreciated, or even what not to do, you know? Yeah. You mean like how I can bug you? You know exactly how to bug <laughs> what, me. What what Listen, buttons to push? You know what happens in, uh, in yes, what buttons to push. And, and unfortunately, he does dwell with me according to knowledge in this area. <laughs> And then he pushes the buttons on purpose because it's fun. And he laughs. <laughs> and he laughs. But I do think there's something to be said for, you know, knowing what, what, like most of the time when I'm pushing your buttons, it's not like something that's really absolutely no, going to get you angry. Right. I'm not super angry. You're but just doing it to bug me. I do think that there's something to be said for we know our spouses well enough to know what actually sets them off and what actually makes them angry. And sometimes, you know, if we're not careful, we tend to maybe do some of those things just because we want to get back at them or we want to, you know, and, and, and that's not, yeah, that that's not good either. And right. so dwelling with them according to knowledge goes much deeper than the surface of, you know, getting each other gifts and, and those kinds of things. But that, that, that's part of that it. That is part of it. Sure. Sure. But, and, you know, those are the everyday little things right. that, you know, builds the everyday is what builds a marriage. Yeah, because, I mean, you think about you think about that on the on the positive side. That's what builds a marriage. Right. Uh, on the negative side, those are the things that that destroy a marriage. Sure. So we think about, you know, the, the big things like, you know, being unfaithful to your spouse or we mm-hmm. think about, you know, uh, money problems or, you know, th- those big things that often erode marriages um but many many times it's just the little things it's the little the little the little chips the little jabs the little you know stabs here and there that remarks you know day by day day by day go unchecked and and um eventually you just get to a point where you don't like each other anymore right but you can use dwell with her according i mean you could know somebody but we were, we were talking last on the last podcast about using that knowledge to build someone up, right? Using that knowledge to um, to affirm to them, affirm, which is another responsibility of the husband. Yeah. So and so, I, I think that's the you that's know, the gist of this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so so it's a position of responsibility. Sacrifice for your wife. Serve your wife. Know your wife. Know what she enjoys, know what she doesn't enjoy, know how you can please her, and know know the ways that she's going to be displeased with you. Know all of those things, know her well, but it's also a position of imitation, that we ought to lead our spouses as Christ led the church. When we look at Ephesians chapter 5, ultimately our, what we find is our marriages are a picture of Christ's relationship with the church, right? So how did Jesus love the church? Well, he loved he loved us humbly. We already talked about this. He, his position as a, as a servant um, especially there just hours before he was going to to the cross. Um, he sacrificially loved us, loved the church. He laid down his life for us. He provisionally loved the church. He met the needs. He's met our needs. He's blessed you. And I ought to I ought to provide for my for my wife. I ought to provide for her physical needs. I ought to provide for her emotional needs. I ought to provide for her spiritual needs. Not that I am the one that's going to meet her spiritual needs, but Excuse me, I'm the, I, I am leading her in a way in which her spiritual needs are going to be met. And so provisionally and then faithfully, he never gave up on us and he never will. And we have entered a, a relationship in our marriage where we've vowed to never give up on one another, no matter what may come. Whether it's death, whether it's hard times, no matter what comes, we're going to faithfully love one another and then lovingly, lovingly lead them, lead them with a gentle spirit. We talked about that a little bit on the last episode as well. Um, yeah, I I think about you know this point. It's a position a position of imitation. And I and you say lead 
as Christ led. And as we said before, Christ was a servant leader, and he said, come follow me. Um, come follow me, which, which as we said, he wasn't willing, um, he wasn't asking you to do anything he wasn't willing to do. Um, he was saying, come follow me. And so then I think about a husband who is, um, it, is it attempting to be that picture, to lead as Christ led, the husband needs to be able to say, come follow me. Right. And I think right. the husband needs to ask himself, do I live a life that is followable? Like, do I live my life in such a way that I bring honor and glory to God and that if my family looks at me and they do come follow me, just just as you know, Christ asked his followers to follow him, if they do follow me, will they be going in the right direction? Am I setting the example that I need to be setting? Am I followable is yeah. the question that you need to ask. Yourself. Yeah, and, and I think as you, were, as you were mentioning that, it brought to mind um, Paul, you know, and, and Paul's encouragement to those that were following him. His encouragement was, follow me even as I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And so that is the key, that we as husbands are following Jesus. And as we follow Jesus, then our families, our wives, our kids, they can follow us. So I think the important thing for us to realize and understand is that this all starts with the heart. So in Luke chapter 10, as Jesus is, is questioned by the Pharisees there in verse number 27, the Pharisees have asked him, what's the, what's the, the greatest commandment? What's, what, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? In verse 27, he says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And so, you know, I think it, it's important for us as men to realize that if my heart's posture my heart's true love and true desire isn't towards Jesus Christ, and I'm not following him with all of my heart that I can't possibly be leading my family appropriately. So what does this look like in real life? Let's throw some scenarios at you, uh, maybe examples from our real life. I don't know. Danielle has prepared these, so I don't I know have. what's coming. It was my job to prepare the scenarios, and I have done so. Vaguely based upon real life. Vaguely, I'm sure. <laughs> so right. throw them at me. Let's go. Scenario number one. All right. You are in the car on a fun road trip. You stopped for dinner. I don't know if those two things can, like, fun and road trip. Listen, road trips can no, be No, I do enjoy road trips. I'm just kidding. Go yeah, ahead. You Sorry. Listen, you roll down the windows. You listen to some music. You sing all together. That's our like one of our favorite things to do is sing in the car. Yeah, road trips can be fun. Yeah. So you are in the car on a fun road trip. You stopped for dinner about an hour ago, but now your wife says she has to make a restroom stop. Of course. But you just stopped an hour ago. What yeah. do you do? <laughs> okay. So ro road trips are fun until this happens. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, all the fun has been sucked out of the road trip. Oh, um, fun suckers. Okay, so it's like, <laughs> you know, I've sat here in this entire podcast and talked about leading and loving and serving your, your spouse. <laughs> and then you're going to throw this at me. You know. I'm, of course. This is real life. This here's is where the do, rubber Danielle. meets the road. Here's wah, wah. what I'm going to do. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. You didn't hear me. The rubber meets the road. Yeah, that was my joke. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I'm going to stop because I love you so much and because I'm so willing to sacrifice for you. I'm going to stop at the next rest area I find, which is probably going to be 56 miles down the road closer to our destination, <laughs> but I'll still stop. Does that work? Ding, ding, ding. Okay, you win. Good. In so doing, you show your family that you care more about their needs than your schedule. Yeah, I, and I think that is important that we understand, that we help our wives to understand in the way that we treat them and the things that we do for them. That, listen, your needs are more important to me than my schedule or anything else that right. I, that I, I have going on. And I think that um, actions speak louder than words. So, yeah. you know, you're putting your money where your mouth is. Is that, okay. is that a thing? Is that a thing? I don't know. Okay, scenario number two. You are, you hear a loud thump and a cry coming from upstairs. You run up and one of your kids was playing 
and jumped off the top bunk bed and is crying on the floor in pain. <laughs> this literally happened the other day. You said these were vaguely going to match scenarios from our life. This exact scenario literally I, happened last week. I may week. or may not have... This is not vaguely matching. <laughs> pulled from our lives. Okay, really? You just jumped off the top bunk? You can choose to yell at said crazy child that they got what they deserved. What do you do? Okay. I, I'm going to be honest here. I think that some of those words probably came out of my mouth <laughs> when I went upstairs after that said child jumped off the top bunk. I did not yell, but I probably did say, listen, if you're going to do crazy things like jump off the top bunk, you're going to get hurt. Well, then ding, ding, ding. Okay. I, think I got that, that right. I think that needs to be said. I mean, I think the child needs to learn his lesson. But the, the point is you addressed it calmly. You did not yell. You were long-suffering. And you show them how to respond with a soft answer and maintain self-control. Yeah, and I think the long-suffering thing there is is a key, right? And and I know that this is not a marriage thing, that you know, scenario that but we're talking about here necessarily. Family. But yes, leading your family. And so, you know, what what does the Bible say about about charity, about love, that it's long suffering? And so when I am patient with my kid that decided to jump off the top bunk and hurt himself, um, it, it really it, it teaches them a lesson that's much greater than that moment. And I think that's the important thing is that in these little moments, we remember the greater moments and the greater lessons we're trying to teach them. Right. All right. So our final scenario is this. You are headed out to dinner with your spouse. You get all ready, hop in the car, and say, where do you want to go as you drive down the road? She says, anywhere is fine. You proceed to name your favorite Thai place. Nah, I'm not in the mood for Thai. How about tacos? Ugh, I hate tacos. Okay, again, let me just stop you right there. (laughs) This is not vaguely, like this happens every time we get in the car and say, where do you want to eat? Listen, this does happen every time we get in the car, but I almost never say I'm not in the mood for Thai or I ate tacos yesterday. Like I can eat tacos every day. So this is vaguely reminiscent. Okay, vaguely in the sense that like, I say, let's go to the steak place, and eh, I'm not in the mood for steak. Okay, go ahead and finish the question. (laughs) The conversation proceeds in like manner, and now you have a choice. What do you do? I'm probably going to, I don't know. (laughs) Because I want to say, like, I would just pull calmly over to the side of the road and look at you lovingly and say, Danielle, we will go anywhere you want to go. Where do you want to go? But if I'm being honest, I'm probably going to say, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Where in the world? Just make a decision. So what's the right church answer? Okay, the church answer would be, I'm going to pull calmly to the side Mm -hmm. of the road, and I'm going to look at you lovingly. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, Danielle, I will take you anywhere you want to go. Where would you like to go? Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) That is you displaying patience. Patience, yes. And being long-suffering once again. Do you notice there's a trend? I think we have to continually be long-suffering with yeah. the people in our lives. Well, I, th- I think that's true because, you know, the old saying that familiar, familiar, did I say this one other time and I couldn't say <laughs> I this think word you again? did. But that, that familiarity. No, that's not familiarity. it. Familiarity. <laughs> it's not familiarity. Familiarity, familiarity breeds And so, you know, we live together, we do life together, we're together all the time. And so with, they, with our spouses yeah. and, and there's just this, this contention yeah, that can they develop try there if we're not careful. your patience, right? Yes. And yeah. so I think that every day all of us need to be long suffering. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, these are just a few fun scenarios, but it's true. Um, you, you guys lead by example and, you know. Yeah, I think there's lessons for all of us in this, but specifically for us guys. You know, we have a a weighty responsibility that God has given us to lead and love our families and our spouses in particular um, in a godly, Christ-honoring way. And while that doesn't always happen, that's where grace and humility comes in. Yeah. Yeah, and we had that we had that great discussion last week. Hey, what are we going to be chair, talking again. about? I don't know what is going on. I don't on know why chair. it keeps squeaking like that, but it did it in our last episode, and it sounds like an elephant to me. I, it sounds to me like a squawking bird. Anyways, um, so what are we talking about next week? Next week we are getting off the husband 
And you are going to talk about the wife. <laughs> Josh uh, is like, woo. Yeah. All right, done with that one. Next week, I am going to talk more about a wife and her roles and responsibilities that she plays in the home. And I am excited, albeit like, <laughs> about it because I know the big S word is coming up submission Submi- submission yeah submission but i think we've wow. done a, i i think we've done a decent job of setting that conversation up in a way that as men we understand that that doesn't mean that i browbeat and you know get my wife to to serve me yes please don't beat me i don't mean <laughs> You know what I mean with my words. I know. Obviously. Okay, so we're going to be talking about the women's roles and responsibilities. Can we talk a little bit more about our trip coming up? No. You're the worst. All right. Fine. Uh, We'll see. Hey, anyways, (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't checked out the Facebook page, go join the community there. um, Facebook.com forward slash the He Said, She Said podcast. Oh, right. And our giveaway. Yeah, we're giving it away today, though. This is the the, the the last day. Given, well, today, the podcast, when the podcast airs, the book will be already given given away. Yeah. We can't give them one more afternoon. We'll do another one. We'll we... do another giveaway next month. Okay. We'll yeah. do another, we'll do one another next giveaway month. next month. Okay. So anyways. All right. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for joining in. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us this week on He Said, She Said. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave us a review, subscribe, and tell a friend. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it's been a blessing.